Do you talk to your clients? Do you really know your clients? I'm not talking money laundering and that sort of know your client. I'm talking about really, really know your client. Because if we know our clients, we know what they're doing, we know what they want, then we can serve them better. So today I am talking to Richard and Claire from All In Place about that and about their little software program that will help that. But we go deeper. We talk about my old role when I first started in sales and I really knew my clients. And so let's be more human. Let's talk more to our clients. Let's understand what things are keeping them awake at night. So without any further hesitation, let's jump straight in. Uh, Richard and Claire. We are live. I've got two people with me today. Not one, but two. We've got Richard and Claire. Richard, whereabouts are you? Sunny stress. I'm in, in South London, Ashley. In London. Um, and we've got the Devon contingent here, haven't we, Claire? How we awesome have is, indeed. How awesome is that? We could have done this live. You could have been here. I know. I could have been or, in your shed with you. Yeah, she's, actually, she's actually she's in your front room. You don't even it's, know it. It's, it's proper cosy. No, my, my front room doesn't look that tidy. Uh, so no, it doesn't. Anyway, we've got Richard. We've got Claire. Where are you guys from? Ladies first. Uh, Devon, Timmouth. So not far from you, over the water. Originally, sorry, though. Obviously, this yeah. isn't very much of a Devonian accent. <laughs> Yeah, I was waiting for you to fess up, Claire, because it doesn't sound like a Devon accent, does it? No, but I, yeah. I've been here 10 years now, so. Almost local. Exactly. London born and bred, Ashley. London born and bred. Nice. And I was hoping you were going to tell us what company you were from and what you were representing oh, today. Sorry. <laughs> that's really not going to help anybody. Oh, great. <laughs> and we do only have 15 minutes, right? Oh, no, I, I, don't know, I don't know if you guessed, but we go to one o'clock. Is that okay? Can you stay that yeah, long? Yeah, that's fine. Of course yeah. we can, yeah. So um, we're all in place. Um, we're a software firm that helps accountants put the client front and centre and really helps with that know your client piece. Perfect, because that's what we need to do, isn't it? And and how 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 are accountants and bookkeepers doing this today without your software? Well, I think it varies really from firm to firm and from person to person, actually. And a lot of it, when we talk to accountants, it's it's up here, it's in their head, it's conversations they're having, they're keeping it up here. Some of that gets forgotten, some of it gets written in meeting notes and you know things like that, but what we've definitely seen is there isn't a massively consistent process for that and in some cases know your client really for a lot of people is just at what we call anti-money laundering so it's getting a yeah. passport it's getting driving license and it's identifying your client rather than really knowing them and you know really understanding what's making them tick yeah Richard, no, would I've... you agree i do but also actually i half the time you go back to people who have a value proposition so the accountancy profession has a value proposition for the business and then when it comes to the, the business owner it's going more well, we'll do your tax returns and and would we'll give some remuneration advice and, and as soon as anybody mentions anything financial boom it gets pushed off to a financial advisor and actually the question could have just been like well do you think we can afford to go on holidays you know do you mm -hmm. think we can afford to do a, an extension to the house you know really stuff that all of us were interested in nothing to do with pensions and ISIS from that yeah. so I think you know we're trying to we're trying to coach the professionals to um to just be more open and human as some of the people will say 
yeah and that and that seems to be the, the the general thing at the moment because you've got all this ai coming in you've got software packages that will do your tax return and your and your accounts sure. and you just press a few buttons and look accountants and bookkeepers listening to me i know how hard it is but there are tools that make it a lot easier and and so mm. we we've, we've got firms that just chuck out loads of tax returns and we've got other firms that just do advisory and i guess what you're doing is trying to meet the middle ground and help those practices that are trying to do a bit more advisory to make it a lot easier for them is that right well the thing is ashley you know what is advisory okay so <laughs> you know How long have you got? <laughs> i know we've only got 40 minutes right um i think the key thing is in life as richard said all of us have important stuff going on we've got life events that we're planning for whether that's um you know children getting married which you've had recently or you know grandchildren other things <laughs> you know there's loads of our, our personal life events that are coming up and if you own a business and that's your way of finding the resources to do these really important things then surely Business advisory starts with getting to know what's really important to your client, why it's important, how much it's going to cost, and is there a gap between what the business is doing over here and where it needs to get to? And that bit in the middle is what some folks would call advisory, but I just call it helping a business grow and helping the business to deliver the business owner the life that they want. Yeah. That's what we do. But it's also actually, I think there's an, I was having a chat with my own accountant yesterday and was saying that probably, and I could be shot down for saying this, but if you're, if you're under the age of 35 in accountancy and you've gone all the way through for a technical, sort of a tech evolution in terms of the, the zeros and the decks and everything else, you probably, and also checking into the COVID period, you probably never sat down and met your client. Yeah. And, and, and you know you don't know how to talk to people yeah you you will be shot down for saying that but i i know i know exactly where you're coming from i know exactly where you're coming from a lot a lot of a lot of youngsters use their phone for texting and, and apps and stuff and don't actually use it to pick up um the phone like like we do and i just i, I, I spoke to someone earlier and i just picked up the phone and went hi how you doing yeah fine and and so like jump on zoom and we, we we jumped on zoom but we we had a proper chat it wasn't a little a whatsapp thingy so yeah you know you're, you're quite right um and and talk, talking about i just wanted to bring some other people into the conversation here we've got i don't know who you are in east sussex but welcome and we've also got another devonian here um, yeah so pa pavel is in devon so you're really outnumbered today richard i know what can i say so look this 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 software Okay, because like like you say, we've it, it's all it's all in our heads. We know it. We know our clients, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, how's how's the software helping? Is it just like an, another CRM, and there's a box to write some stuff in? How, how tell us a little bit about how it works, please. I actually, Claire, I think you should you should just go back to Ashley and say that we're having to, we're having to train people and support them in the first evolution before they get anywhere near the software. Well, yeah, absolutely. So, essentially. How do you know the right questions to ask? What are the right questions? When should we bring this up with clients? It's all those fundamental basics that actually we're not taught when we do our accounting or bookkeeping qualifications. So it does start from training um, and actually having an awareness of those things and thinking about the bigger picture for clients as well. So we start from that angle, if you like, 
And then where we progress to is a framework that enables you to have these conversations, but build it up over time, Ashley. So no one's expecting to get all this great, valuable information from a client in one go. Okay, because that might overwhelm you and your client. So what we're saying is actually you can start the process and the journey of starting to get to know your client start capturing this information and then build it up over time and then you'll realize where the gaps are so one of our clients she's only capturing the client's assets and liabilities so she's basically got visibility on her client's personal balance sheet if you will okay and and she has said how insightful that has been just to literally be able to have different conversations with clients based on their own balance sheet and where she sees the opportunities for that client and maybe where there are risks, okay, for that client too. And that in and of itself is one little piece of the jigsaw that she's had an amazing amount of success with and clients have really enjoyed that. But, you know, you build on those conversations and build on that. Yeah, also, Ashley, because I know you, you were just about to ask another question, so I thought I'd get in before you. Is that it's it's not a it's not a CRM system. It, it holds data from that point of view. But one of the things, so the, from a background point of view, having qualified as an accountant and gone into the financial planning world, I've spent years and years as a private client advisor to SME owners. So what we've done is we've taken lots of the things that you might find from a financial planning side, stripped out any of the regulatory hassles that are in there, and allowed the allowed the profession to sit there and go well if, if i've got a client that says well i'd like to retire at some stage in the future can you build me a financial model that's all in our system if someone goes well how long will my, my money last and what will happen if i want to increase my expenditure what happens if i don't get the, the you know the exit route that i want and, it, and so it, it holds the data but you can't do the modeling unless you've got the data in there you know yeah that that, make, that makes perfect sense um so how on earth did all this come up? You know, where 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 were you when you sort of like thought this would be a good idea? Because it's a it's 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 way above everything else that 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 you know all the other software providers are doing, isn't it? Yeah, there's a there's a tiny bit of evolution to it. So having uh, having qualified as an accountant, I think most of my family are in the law. Okay, Ashley, and I had one uncle that was a, a chartered accountant. He travelled all over the world. So when I was a kid at school, I thought that that I wanted to go into chartered accountancy. That was you know, it was the holy grail, you know that that travelling piece. And then uh, I gradually got through my exams. So I didn't do it quite quite so quickly. And then went into financial services and specialised in looking after SME owners. And, and I sold a practice to a big international family office. And I realised that actually, when you're running, a, when you're the business owner. And you're talking to to um, to the accountant. It's actually a lot of the information is about those corporate things, those compliance things. And actually, the financial planning space at the moment is quite busy, really looking after people at retirement. So there's an there was an opportunity to help coach the accountant to become that financial coach, to become that sort of generic financial planner at a point when people need to um, to provide the advice. I spent eight years at the Institute of Chartered Accountants for my sins, chairing the financial planning committee, and saw that the that the institute wanted to support its members, but they needed a commercial opportunity. So, so I left my job, uh, my quite well paid job as a partner in a firm, and decided to um, to go again, set up another business. Wow! And, that, and that's where it was, and that was sort of during the COVID period. So we've gone through we've gone through all the hard knocks, and I was lucky lucky that Claire came along 
to provide some proper talent to the business, having seen my deficiencies. <laughs> and, that, and that's that's the beauty of of a team, isn't it? Um, and so, so um, I can see I can see a little man behind you. So, so he he was on your stand at Accountex. What what's all that about? It's part of the team. Uh, part of the team, Ashley. It's the FT man. We had him. Uh-huh. We had him made a few years ago, and he's gone around our offices. But every so often, we use him at home just as sort of an extra security guard. So we put him on the stairs and scares people off. So he's here with us at the moment because I'm working from home and I just don't like being on my own at the moment. Fair enough. That's fair enough. So um, you're working with accountants, you're working with bookkeepers. What are the struggles that you're seeing them have at the moment then, guys? Claire, this is for you. Well, I suppose there's a number of them, but the biggest one by far is time and resources. So, you know, if I had a pound for every single time somebody had told me, this is all amazing, but time, 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 resources, resources, trying to find people, trying to, you know, do all the stuff, then, you know, I'd be very, very wealthy right now. Okay, so I think that's probably my number one concern in the in the in the professional challenge in the profession. Richard? Yeah, I think also actually comes to me, come does come back to this bit about, you know, I've got got one teenager and I've got another one that's blipped into their into the twenties. They've had no they've had no personal financial planning education. Mm-hmm. You then look at you then look at people going through university. The parents go, you're out of it. You can go off to university and do your stuff. You then go into the workplace. There's no education there. You look at the professional institutes there's no professional financial plan education you go and work for an accountancy firm you're straight into doing your accountancy exams and then to me you're then you've gone through a raft of dealing with technology and somebody goes well can you go and talk to ashley he's one of our he's one of our business owners and they go well how do i how do i talk to him you know what do i talk about so it's and i know that you know this i know that will fennell spent quite a lot of time talking about the human side of accounting saying that we've gone through a technical technology evolution and we need to get back to the bit that says well you've created all this technology to allow you should allow you to go and spend more time talking to your clients well mm. then you can harvest the relationships you've got then you can do more for your clients and i think that's that's our mantra the, the better you know your client the more data you have on your client the better the service proposition and you can keep doing the same thing but you'll never have enough time in the business. So mm-hmm. at some stage you have to, it's a bit like golf, you know, for those that play golf. To get better at golf, you've got to get worse. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I was listening to a podcast earlier and they, they said exactly the same. I think it was, um, oh, there was, was a guy talking about uh, doing videos um, on, on LinkedIn. And, um, you know, most people won't do a video on LinkedIn because the first one's going to be rubbish and probably the second two or three or whatever. Um but you've just got, to, like you say, you've got to be bad to do it. And that's a great thing. So here's the thing. When I first started my sales career over 30 years ago, I worked for a company called Refuge Assurance. So it's a bit like the man from the Prue. And I used to physically go around to these, to, to, to my clients' houses and see them every four weeks. So I was doing exactly what you're advocating. I was talking to my clients. I knew absolutely everything about them. You know, I knew that anti-maud was very poorly and so someone was a bit worried about life assurance i knew that so and so was just about to leave school and they were going to go to work so they wanted their first policy and absolutely everything and i only because i got to know them so well 
I knew that next door neighbor or a bloke down the road didn't have any car insurance and stuff like that. It was absolutely invaluable because I was talking to people all the time. I didn't have a mobile phone back then. You know, when my daughter was born, I paid, I think it was 50 quid and I hired a pager. Um, <laughs> for, hired a pager for four weeks so that my wife can get hold of me because I was out in the field. Um, my, my role was working from home. That was 30, 35 years ago. Um, and, and, and but, but I knew everybody and I talked to everybody. Um, but but you know, that was all in my head. We didn't have we didn't have computers and databases or anything like that. Yeah. But you know, it's interesting because what what you were doing was a very targeted proposition because it's like so, so I remember my mum, she had the man from the crew come around. We, we used to call him dad, but that's a different matter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He wasn't he wasn't the guy that you had to hide behind the sofa then. <laughs> but you know, she she was she you know you know she was handing over money. But it, the, to your point, it's like someone goes, What is it you want to do? How can I help you get to where you want to be from that point of view? And you know, you look at I know that the, the, there's this big debate about advisory and compliance. Actually, isn't there isn't a debate about advisory and compliance. You've got clients who run a business, they're either gonna sell it, liquidate it, give it to the children. But everything, everybody's got regulatory requirements. They need to save for, to, for a rainy day. They need to put money, even more money to one side to retire. And if you aspire yeah. to, book, to buy a house, you, you know, you're going to have a mortgage unless you're super wealthy like Claire. So it, they, the, these things are the human, right? And we're not talking to our clients. And, the, and people will complain and go, oh, God, I've got to do another mortgage certification for some. So it was like, well, if you knew that they had a mortgage, you'd know when it was coming up. It's a really simple trick. Mm. Just ask, mm. just ask the question. And so your software will turn around and say, "Hey, Ashley's mortgage is coming up for renewal, or whatever." Absolutely, Ashley. So essentially, when we talk to firms about, okay, what are your biggest challenges, and they say time, you know, when you unpack that, quite often it comes down to client frustrations. And, you know, I call them client vampires. They're the ones that suck the time out of you because, you know, in a way they put stuff on you because, you know, the, to them, it's the most important thing right now. So given that mortgage example is a classic one, you know, they ring up massively urgent and important. My mortgage rate's coming up for a new, I spoke to my mortgage broker, I need my books or I need my tax done like yesterday because I need it for this product. And you weren't expected to see that client for another three months, for example. So all the work you had on your in your in-trade to do now gets thrown out the window because this is now super urgent and important. Now, whose fault is that? Is it the client for needing that? Or is it the accountants for not knowing that the client will need that? And I suppose that's a different way of looking at it. That actually, if we have visibility on these things with clients when these important life events are mm. going to come up for them. And at the moment, moving a mortgage is a pretty fundamentally important thing in your life right now, because it could be going up three, four, five times. And that makes a massive difference to your budget each month. So actually, if we have visibility on these things, then we can plan ahead and we can be forward looking, not backward looking. And we can be in the driving seat with these relationships. And that's where I think it puts you know, give you a bit of time back. You don't get those interruptions, basically. Mm. Yeah, I also, uh, actually, I think because Claire and I come from a, um, we come from a disciplined regulatory financial planning, financial services background, you know, it's a tough, it's, and, you know, going back to refuge, that those were, those were nice days when you could go and 
just have a, an easy relationship without having to fill in lots of CPD. The world is getting a bit of cake. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. The world, the world is getting tougher in that respect. And so, so we're, we're saying, right, well, actually, because we know that marketplace, we can overlay some of the discipline that you have in terms of knowing your client. And of course, most people go, well, I do KYC. I get my passports and my ID and source of funds. Like, no, no, no. You want to find out that Ashley wants to look after his kids to get them through marriages. He wants to help them on the property ladder and all those things because they're really important. You know, or James, I think it was James Ashford was one that goes, I want to take my kids to school. And if the accountant doesn't know that's important to me, it's not the right accountant. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that. I love that. Uh, uh, Pavel's got a great question. Um, are customers prepared to listen? On one hand, we expect suppliers to talk and serve, but are the customers prepared to listen, especially in nowadays high octane stressed environment? So that's an interesting question. What are your thoughts on that, guys? Well, it depends the questions you're asking and what you want them to listen to. So I think, you know, that's quite important because most people are happy to talk about themselves and the things that are important to them. And, you know, if you've got guidance and support that you want to offer them, then I don't, I can't see why they wouldn't want to listen. But you're always going to get the folks that think they know best and, you know, maybe they're not the ones to do this with. You know, fundamentally, you know, we're not suggesting this is approach you have to take with absolutely every single one of your clients. It's about identifying the right clients that need this guidance and help. And, you know, that might not be for everybody. And if you get a sense or a vibe that this client isn't really interested or listening, then move on, basically. Yeah, no, fair, fair point. Thank you. Thank you for that question, Pavel. So um, accountants don't have any time. Uh, accountants don't have any resource. How on earth can your software help with that then? Well, I think first and foremost, as I've said, we we can uh, we can help the profession be more forward thinking and forward planning and looking with their clients, which helps. OK, it helps to know that something's coming up. OK, and helps to plan their remuneration as well, because if you know that, you know, Ashley's got a very expensive wedding to pay for and he's got surplus cash that he wants to do a big dividend or draw from the company, how is that best taken for him? Or it might be that we've got a couple of years to plan for an event. So how do we plan tax efficiently with clients? So I think that front foot, um, you know, basis for which we can have these relationships with clients does save a lot of time in the long run, actually. It, there's also, there's another bit in there, right, Ashley, is that, it, that, the, that the council profession is a broad church of firms, okay? But in general terms, and as a salesperson, the cost of acquisition to get a client is you've got to kiss a number of frogs haven't you? you've got to do a number of meetings and everything else so when you look at when you look at the time that is spent in marketing to go and find new clients if you could allocate some of that time to client retention by having better propositions to understand your client if you could make a bit more money out of your existing clients if those clients were super happy it's a bit like no, we all get we all get a um, somebody that's a decent builder or something like that. You sort of you don't want to tell your friends because just in case <laughs> you want to use that person, it's, it's ludicrous. It's like you've got the best kept secret, and accountants should get to the point where actually their clients become their marketeers from that point of view. So you should be. So I think it, to me, it's it, it is, and it's a really. I mean, it's a, your question is a really good question, but it to me it comes back to starting a tiny bit at ground zero game right what is it i want for my business in the future what is it i need to do 
you know, because so many, so many new accounting firms are set up in the last 12 months, 24 months, because of people being unhappy about the firms they work for. And people are complaining about resources. Well, every time somebody leaves a firm, it, it leaves that firm in a, in a troubled situation. The new people have to go and set up. There's teething problems there. If you can just keep people in your firm and grow the firms, surely then you'd have a bit more time run fighting fires and resources. Yeah, that, that that's a whole other show, isn't it? <laughs> isn't that a whole other show? About, about, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about um, staff and client retention, isn't it? Um, because it, like, like you say, we're, we're, you know, we're too busy. I, I, if you see some of these firms and they've got so many staff, you know, there's always someone leaving. They're always employing people. They've got a whole HR department. That must cost an absolute fortune. Surely if we looked after them and gave them worthwhile work, um, fun work, stuff that they enjoy, then then they're not going to leave, are they? You sell on the money. You sell yeah. the money, aren't you? Yeah, that's I why I set up my own business. Every day is fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think as human beings, we're hardwired to want to make a difference to others. You know, mm. when we think about what makes somebody tick, generally it's helping others, making a difference, and having a sense of meaning and purpose. And if you can create that in a role, then, you know, I think that's that's half the battle, creating a role where people make a difference genuinely. Mm, no, superb. Uh, what, what can accountants and bookkeepers do at the moment and what tips have you got for them? I, I think just talk to your clients, have conversations about the things that actually matter to them. So their family, you know, what life events they've got coming up, what their most pressing issue is right now, you know, what is keeping them awake maybe at 2am in the morning every night because they're worried about it. And, you know, as much as you can be a sounding ball for them. And remember, business owners, it's a lonely place for some business owners because fundamentally, if they have got things going on that they're concerned about, then, you know, they're not going to want to share that with their co-workers or their colleagues because they don't want people <laughs> leaving. So they think, crap, what's going on? And also, who really wants to take those worries home to your nearest and dearest because you don't mm. want them to worry either? So actually, that accountant is ideally placed, if they can create a safe space and a safe environment for the client to open up and be honest about things, then that can give them the platform to share some of this. And also, the accountant or bookkeeper might be able to offer some guidance or reassurance or, you know, advisory business advisory to help them move to the next stage if that's what their biggest concern is so i think it's just about having that open dialogue with clients that gives them the the ability to just almost just get everything out on the table okay within reason and um you know and just give that give that safe space for that to happen mm, i love that but, but it's it's a it's a fair it's a fair point but <clears throat> but it does come back to going back to the analogy of how do you make a difference is you do have to you have to step backwards because there's that whole piece about you're either working in the business or you're working on the business aren't you yeah so the sort of to me covid is one of those things everybody goes oh you know what you know what's the strategy for the business and they go well it was covid because actually it brought forward 10 years worth of change in a period of time and then the danger is that we all go back to our old ways don't we in that respect and actually you know covid was one of those periods when you got to talk to your clients from the kitchen or they were they were you know they were in breakfast rooms and it was all hands to the pump to try and get stuff done and the profession was brilliant 
actually it really was you know mm, mm, talking about mm. the VAT stuff and it was deferrals and everything else uh, and that was to me that was the opportunity to go right here's you found out that your clients want to talk to you want to share information going back to Pavel's question the majority of people do want to engage with you build a process build a proposition and you'll look different from the other firms around the corner and I think that's Claire and I mantra is that those that want to make a difference to the client relationship will do that it doesn't matter whether it's compliance or advisory it's actually being client-centric you know you're mm. a very client-centric person you know you, you love everybody that comes on the show <laughs> yeah. no, well, look, but that 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 comes back to so, so I, I i grew up in hospitality so i started out as a waiter and a chef and worked in hospitality so, so i've always uh, looked after people and then my first sales job was that that, that role at the refuge so i was going around every every week seeing all of my clients and, and you know making sure that they were home when i needed to collect the money so yeah. you know i had to I had to go around to mrs jones at two o'clock because that's when she got back from the bingo and i had to be at 7 p.m because that's when dave got back from the pub or whatever it was and so so yeah it is all about making sure that you've you put those things in place so that you can talk to your client and have that relationship and uh, with so we used to, so in in the old business we you know it was a wealth planning business we used to look after high net worth clients and um, one of the things we used to say to the team was actually people will be more upset with spelling mistakes in the letter poor grammar and those sort of things because that was the type of clients we had the investments will go up and down but if you always send out poor communication that's what they'll notice first. They won't necessarily read all the bits and pieces. They go, oh, it's, you know, it's gone up, it's gone down. As long as I'm being communicated with, and it's good communication. If the communication's poor, then people will notice that. Touch um, points. Yeah, Touch absolutely. absolutely. Ashley, I just want to check with you. You're Dave down the pub. He's not the same Dave down the pub that's giving accounting advice, is he now? Yeah, actually. He is. <laughs> uh, sorry. Sorry, um, we've 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 run out of time already. So, um, if people want to find out more about your amazing software, how, do, how what's the best way to do it then? Email Claire C L A I R E dot That's it at allin dot place, or support at allin dot place, or just check out our website allin dot. You're not you're not on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, of course. I'm on LinkedIn. <laughs> find me on linkedin are you going to put we went that in the show notes course, actually yeah we all, went on all, your course all of the all of the information that you've given me will be in the show notes on on the podcast yeah. so people will do that but if you want to put any contact details in the in the comments in here that's absolutely fine i've got one more question for you okay i just but before we do that i just want to go over to uh next week because i've got rebecca coming to see me so rebecca is uh, an accountant and a bookkeeper and uh, but she's doing some amazing stuff as well so looking forward to having a chat with Rebecca next week so that's next week at 12 30. Now my final question to you when you were at school okay primary school all right not senior school primary school what did you want to be when you grew up ladies first primary school yeah I wanted to be a, a lawyer well actually what I realized it was a barrister because I wanted to stand up in court with a wig and with the a gown wig. yeah that's awesome got the wig You've got the week. Thank you, Richard. So um, that was always my dream. And and actually at an early age, even before I went to senior school, that, that was that was really my dream. But I think I realized that it wasn't for me in the end and <laughs> to yeah. go down that road. Thankfully I've not been in court since. <laughs> Lucky you. Lucky you. And and Richard, what about yourself? 
So actually, uh, this is the fess up. So whilst Claire was wanting to be a lawyer, most of my family were lawyers, and I wanted to be a chartered accountant. So from an early age, I always sort of wanted wow. to be a chartered accountant because my uncle because, does. Because, because of your uncle. Yeah, no, that's Bless cool. I, I I had somebody on, and his his dad's mate was an accountant, and he had a Ferrari. And he, oh, he right. and, and his and his dad turned around to his mate and said, "Look, go and pick up Johnny from school." And so he turned up. He turned up at school with his Ferrari, and that that kid then became an accountant. <laughs> I don't know if he, uh, 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 did yes, he get the Ferrari. He did. He did get the Ferrari. He did get the Ferrari. <laughs> I'm trying to think who it was now, but yeah, it was a brilliant story. Absolutely brilliant story. Love that. Um, so uh, yeah, oh, thank you very much indeed. Uh, thanks uh, for coming on. Thank you to Pavel for all your questions. Um, he, he liked the show, so that's absolutely wonderful. And uh, see you all next week. Cheerio, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There we go. That's the end of another show. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed it, please subscribe, start downloading, and tell everybody else that you like this podcast. If you want to reach out, if you've got any questions, I'm always on LinkedIn. I'm the 15-minute guy. You can find me dead easy. It's Ashley Leeds. And you can find me on my website at www.just.15mins.day. And on there, you'll find loads of free resources and ways to contact me and book a meeting with me. So thank you very much for listening. See you next time. Bye bye. You get out what you put in. Ever gonna lose, never gonna win. Long as you're happy, you're always gonna grin. You get out what you put in. You get out what you put in. You get out what you put in.